Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience with your host, Adrian. I, and I think Tin Fins is just, um, it could, it, maybe it's crack. And Jerry. I'm going to say two things to you right now, and they're going to contradict each other. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Good morning, listeners, and happy almost Christmas to you, Adrian. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Jerry. Uh, I don't know if, well, should we be politically correct for people who don't celebrate Christmas, or should we just... Uh, how, how about this? You can be you can be politically correct, and I'm going to declare anyone who doesn't they are uh, <laughs> engaging in war on Christmas, and it is a uh, it's a terrorist act. The heathens. Yes, <laughs> we're going to have a bipolar episode. <laughs> oh, so, oh man! So how you doing, Jerry? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Going through a little bit of uh, legacy withdrawal since it was uh, modern Sunday this past Sunday, but I uh, cooked up a nice little brew for this Sunday coming up, so I'm excited to, to get some legacy on. Did you get to geek out and watch the Star Wars? The trailer? Oh, yeah, the trailer was awesome. I, I, I got tingles. Was it just a trailer? I thought, I, no, it sounded like, um, okay, well... So, well, oh, are you referring? Yes, we also, in preparation of the trailer, watched The Empire Strikes Back because you know that is the best of all the Star Wars movies. So we watched the trailer and then immediately fed that into uh, an Empire Strikes Back night. So it was pretty nice. Okay, all right. Um, yeah. So, did you play any Magic this week? Uh, I did some uh, testing and then I also drafted Conspiracy. So. Conspiracy feels like it's like the ugly stepchild of the magic community just because it came out at such an awkward time after, you know, not too long after, you know, all these awesome products came out. Is it, is it, is it the, the ugly inbred stepchild? <laughs> no, I mean, I love Conspiracy. I have so much fun drafting that format because it, 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 I mean, it was designed to be like a cube and that's really what it feels like and any set where you can crack exploration pernicious deed stifle misdirection that's that's a good set okay so the benefit of it being kind of the ugly stepchild is all these retailers are slashing their prices on it like oh black yeah black friday sales i saw a store selling them for like 70 dollars for the box so me and my friends, we picked up a box, and uh, we drafted it. He cracked three explorations in the box. One of them was foil. Okay. So it was a good box. Yeah, if he plays lands. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> exploration has always been a classic. I have a soft spot in my heart for that because uh, one of the first legacy decks I ever built was uh, stand, uh, sorry, Stasis, and exploration was a huge part of that deck because you would just – play a bunch of lands with exploration, cast stasis, and then thwart their uh, spells. Thwart is a f- old forgotten counter spell. That's one of my favorites where uh, it's uh, two colorless, two blue counter target spell. Instead of paying its mana cost, you can return three islands to your hand. Oh, jeez. Okay. So it's it's like it's like big brother to days. Yeah. Uh, which goes great with exploration and stasis because you basically get to just replay all of your lands. Okay. So, uh, you know, Fort Stasis Exploration has been one of, was my first ever, uh, legacy deck, so I'll always have a soft, soft spot in my heart for that. I liked Exploration, but I was playing it with land tax. 
Actually, it was like Lantax Zeranorb. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yep. <laughs> um, it was a it was a fun way to play exploration, and then everybody just looked at me like, "Why don't you just play Enchantress?" And yeah. <laughs> the, the, the difference is, you don't know what I'm going to play out of my deck. <laughs> like if I, so that was uh, that was why I didn't want to play Enchantress. Yeah. Speaking of uh, oldies, actually, the deck I brewed up for this Sunday uh, is another old favorite. Uh, I'm running Stifle Knot. Oh jeez. Yeah. So if you read uh, Bob's article, he wrote a. Uh, outline about his GP experience and in it he was talking about decks he was thinking about playing Mm -hmm. and he outlined this uh, Rug Delver deck that cut Nimble Mongoose for the Stifle Knot package. Okay. uh, Which I really like just because I've always loved uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought. It's just unfortunately a card called Abrupt Decay was printed which makes Phyrexian Dreadnought really bad. Mm. Uh, But Abrupt Decay is seeing a lot less play right now just because all the fast Delver decks have pushed it out. Everyone's running Swords to Plowshares and Lightning Bolts just because Abrupt Decay is too slow. Okay. Uh, So with Abrupt Decay going back down, I figured I'd give uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought another run at it, see if I can uh, make some money with it. Oh, coincidentally you're playing that and I'm playing Ancient Crutch. (laughs) <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> I'm not playing Ancient Crush. Oh, okay. I mean, that's also why I'm backing it up with Delver and Tarmogoyf. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the Phyrexian Dreadnought mm-hmm. uh, list in his top 16 article for Channel Fireball. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, the rug deck itself has fallen off a little bit. Uh, just because Tarmogoyf's a little slow in the meta right now, uh, Nimble Mongus just got terrible with all the, uh, Delve spells. Yeah. But Bob made a good point that, you know, replacing, uh, Nimble Mongus with Phyrexian Dreadnought is an awesome upgrade because Phyrexian Dreadnought, so long as your opponent doesn't have Abrupt Decay, uh, trumps pretty much anything in the format. Uh, they basically have to get an Emrakul, uh, or a Swords to Plowshares, otherwise they die. Yeah, and even with a Swords, you're gaining 12 life. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you're, if you're Swordsing my Phyrexian Dreadnought, and I have Delvers and Tarmogoyfs, I'm not too upset about that. Right. Because I'm gonna win the long game anyways. Plus, the Stifles, even if you don't get the Phyrexian Dreadnought off, and it just turns into, uh, you know, brainstorm fodder. Uh, you still have the stifle package plus wasteland and days to just destroy their mana base. Hmm. Uh, I've also I added what it's not in Bob's list, but I have had such good luck with it in the Grixis list. Uh, Dak Faden is just doing amazing. Uh, he makes the treasure cruises that much better. Sure. Uh, and you know, if if you can't use uh, the Phyrexian Dreadnought with Stifle. You can always pitch him to the Dak Faden as uh, fodder to draw new cards. Uh, okay. Speaking of Dak Faden, though, I found out the hard way, a little rules interaction. I thought if you activate Dak Faden's second ability, which is gain control of target artifact, uh-huh. on a batter skull, you would take it. It is not, in fact, true. They still control the germ token, so they still control it. You just have the ability to activate the batter skull at whim. You know what I really want to do with Dak Faden is start playing... Um Metal, what is it? Metal coating? Metal scale Li- coating? Liquid coating. Liquid metal coating. Liquid metal coating. There's <laughs> the million dollar words. <laughs> and actually, I, p- I picked one up a little while ago, and uh, I was trying to think of something cute to do with it. I uh, obviously, well, I guess maybe not so obviously. So, so yeah, That's Entertainment does Modern every Sunday. The last Sunday is, uh, no, they do Legacy every Sunday. The last Sunday is Modern. Mm-hmm. The other store does Modern Every Sunday, The Last Sunday is Legacy. 
<laughs> puzzle pieces. Yeah, so they did it so that all the legacy guys could play every week. Yep. And uh instead of going there now last week we were talking about the kid that lives next door to me. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to play Legacy, I was looking at the kid next door. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm going to go do Sealed down at Ice Imports. You want to go? So he ended up going down to Ice Imports with me. Yep. So we ended up, because he's never seen Ice Imports, and I, I hadn't seen the new location. So we went down there uh, to do Sealed, and he's looking for, what, like ancient stirrings and stuff for that his Tron deck that I was telling you about. Right. Um you know, we go there, they got ancient stirrings, he didn't realize they were seven dollars now. Ancient stirrings is seven dollars? It's, I, I guess. Oh man. <laughs> that's, that sounds about, um, just let me, everything let me from double Rise check of the Eldrazi. There. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, just basically any uncommon from Rise of the Eldrazi is worth money, apparently. <laughs> okay, because uh, of Forked Bolt. Yeah. yeah, well, Forked Bolt, the first one was Inquisition of Kozilek. Inquisition right. hit like $10, I remember, at one point, just because people were using it as an alternative to Thoughtseize when Thoughtseize hit 90 Oh, maybe he was looking up the foil price. He must have been looking up the foil price, because the foil is $7, the, the regular is $0.65. Cents. So he okay. Must, he <laughs> must, maybe that's what it was. Maybe. Um, but anyway, so, like he, he was going to see if he could find some cards. Meanwhile, I'm down there. And, uh, I figure I'll do sealed, maybe open some fetches, you know, it's, like I said, it's $15 sealed. Mm-hmm. Maybe open some foil fetches, make it really worth your time. Well, and I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking it's, well, I guess I'll get into that afterwards. So, um, he didn't have any, he didn't have any money. So I'm like, well, but every once in a while he wants to trade cards and stuff. I'm like, well, what do you want? Um, I'm like, maybe you get some cards, I'll cover you. So he ended up giving me, uh, two, Ancient, no, what the hell is it? To entreat the angels, and okay, yeah, that, I I like that as a spec. And I played uh, through the breach. Mm-hmm. So, so we hop in the car, I and I drive down there, and um, and so and after a while, he started. He he asked me a question, and I felt like I was repeating myself because we had just talked about. Um, we were just talking last week with Frankie about some topic, and and. Oh, maybe that's what it was. He was asking me what the reserve list was. And, and, uh, but we had just talked about it with Frankie and someone like, I think we did. Yeah, because you were asking Frankie. So, yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. so as I'm explaining it to him, and I'm like, you know, and they've fallen empires, chronicles, modern masters, and I'm like, you know what, and I just put the podcast on. Because, <laughs> because so, Frankie's awesome, so I wanted him to kind of hear him anyway. And, uh, so we're driving down there, and of course, Scoopsy and your mother had us both laughing again. And, and uh, but anyway, so we get down there, and we go to do, and so we're hanging out, we start to do sealed. I didn't open a single fetch. Six packs. Um, I mean, that's not unheard of. It's, it's not no, like it's, they're giving them out like candy. No, it's not unheard of. So, they, but Tim, who went down there with me, opened a Bloodstained Mire and a Windswept Teeth. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, but at the same time, it's sealed and I did open Butcher of the Horde. So, that, there's something with that card, man. In, in, I'm noticing in sealed too. Whenever I open it, draft it, whatever, I play it, and as soon as it hits the port, it seems to be people's, like, the, the grief card. Yeah. You know, and I'm playing, and I did have Butcher of the Horde with double act of treason. So it was, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It's very good. I seem to keep getting forced into Mardu every time I draft that set. For some yeah. reason, just the the white black warriors decks. Yes. Now, just a slight splash of red is just so good in that format, and no one ever drafts it for some reason. Well, it, it it depends on a couple of the cards you get, but I did get like Friday. I went and did a draft with my son, and I got Raider Spoils, so I'm instantly in black white. Uh, you know, black white warriors. Raider Spoils is really good. Whenever a yeah. warrior deals combat damage, pay a life, draw a card. Oh yeah. But anyway, this is this is all limited, and I don't really want to be talking about limited. But so we <laughs> so we went down there. We did sealed, had some fun. Uh, you know, he normally doesn't go out to do competitive stuff like that. Um, cause he's more of a casual player, and. Uh, so we went down there, we did the sealed, and then I realized it's actually $15 sealed with prize support. Oh, that's pretty nice. That's, that's pretty nice. <laughs> that's, 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 that's really nice. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, you know, and I didn't, I didn't place, cause I didn't realize it was prize support till, the, till whoever got like third got 20 in store credit. Like, oh shit, that's with prize support, <laughs> you know, right. and, and, uh, but while I'm down there, of course. What, what day did they sealed? It's Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's you know the the week T doesn't do legacy. I like I'll like to go do sealed. Right, right. You know, and, and it takes maybe it takes a little bit of time to get there, but it ends up being worth it. You're like you're hanging out, you're playing sealed. I see people that, that um, I either haven't seen in a while or haven't met yet, so I get the chance to meet them too. Um, you know, it's like I can go to TE, but chances are I'm not going to be doing any trades with anybody at TE because we all have cards that we play with. Yeah, it's the trader's dilemma that, you know, if you stay in one location for long enough, eventually you just, you, you start scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like, sure, I can look through your binder and see the same cards I looked at last week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes it's cool because, like, there'll be new people that are there, but then again, like, you know, where was I recently? Somebody wanted to trade for something, and, like, I don't know if they wanted a show and tell or some card that was, like, you know, I, I can trade it, but then I look at their binder and it's all, like, bulk rares and stuff from like what are you doing yeah it's like i'm not like a, i'm not like a shark trader so i'm not about to trade you know one money card for ten thousand bulk rares because i'm never going to move those well i mean there's some of that but like at the same time anyway so but it gives me a chance to go to another store and maybe do some trading with people because you know all i all i really see every week is um you know a bunch of guys that have a different deck with them, but that's probably they probably just have their one deck. Like you show up with a deck, but you don't really show up with trade binders, right? Uh, I always have trade binders on me. Oh, uh, okay. It my trades are always very limited, just because I don't play standard, so I rarely have standard cards on me, mm-hmm. or like I I rarely get standard cards in the first place. Uh, uh, the last booster box I bought was Ravnica. Just because that set was full of legacy <laughs> goodies. Basically, yeah. I, I'll buy packs if it has legacy playable cards. Like, I'll buy, I'll buy cons packs because I can get fetches and treasure cruises and monastery Swiss beers. I bought Ravnica because it had supreme verdicts and death right shamans and abrupt decays. And you but, bought conspiracy. And I bought conspiracy, you know, <laughs> stif- all that stuff, but you know, gate crash and dragon's maze and the entire Theros block, I didn't buy a single booster pack of. You're going to regret it. Eidolon's getting a lot of play. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a team two-headed uh, giant draft with one of my buddies, uh, and we cracked a foil uh, Eidolon in our uh, in our sealed pool, uh, sealed pool for two-headed giant. Yep. 
And at the end of it, uh, we were like working out the rares and he, I'm just like, well, well, what do you want? And he's like, I, I only play burns, so I want the red rares. I'm like, sure, you can have the red rares, so I'll take everything else. Mm-hmm. And that foil Eidolon is now worth more than, you know, three times the price of everything else we drafted, yeah. but it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so it turned out that what they were doing was actually with price support. And so I'm down there and I get everything with me anyway. And, uh, it's sealed, so I opened up another Butcher of the Horde, and I don't even know what the hell else. But So I walk over to their case, and of course they're buying cards anyway. So I break out the binder that's all like stuff that I get from drafts and sealed. It's all standard stuff that, I, that I'm really not playing in Legacy. Like um, I can't even tell you the names of some of the cards. I, uh, what, there's one that's like, I, I'm not even going to bother. But So there's a bunch of cards that I have. Like, Ugin's Nexus is one I could think of. You know, and Oh, like, that's Legacy Playable. All these, yeah. I, I, I could cite it in against 12 posts. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mud, man, mud. I'm brewing with Ugin's Nexus. <laughs> Gobble the Elder Ugin's Nexus. Gonna break the meta, man. Break the meta. Yeah. So so I ended up bulking out a whole bunch of stuff to the store. Um, And and, and that's one of the things. Like, I mean, $15 sealed. You got me in there. <laughs> and like I'm, I'm in there, and I got a bunch of cards that I'm not gonna play. And you have stuff in your case that I want. Why don't you buy some of my cards real cheap? You know. So I ended up selling them a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, now let me let me tell you what I left there with, because I was actually pretty, pretty uh, happy. Now uh, on the cheap end, I did pick up a Thopter Foundry, so I can start doing the Sword of the Meek Thopter Foundry combo. Very nice. Um, I did get two copies of Dak Faden. No, good pickup. Which then made me look at that list and go, oh, but I don't have Snapcaster Mages. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Snapcaster Mages, I ended up selling at GP Boston because there was a, a buyer from Germany who was paying uh, a very hefty price for him anyway. Oh, nice. So, But I haven't had Snapcaster since, but it doesn't matter because you don't use Snapcaster Mage and Tinfins. Truth. Um, and I also picked up two copies of Counterbalance. Nice. Because uh, I got rid of my Counterbalances because I hate the deck and don't want to play that deck. But I did notice some of the, uh, I think it was actually even Bob's list too, um, was using Counterbalance out of the sideboard in the Jeskai Delver deck. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That it's pretty interesting. Um, I I do want to give that a try, but yeah. So I'm tempted to even start trying to see if I want to use Deck Faden in that Jeskai. Build because, mm, yeah, you know, I I've, that. I've actually even thought about using them in blue white land still because I'm playing Enlightened Tutor. I could grab um, Liquid Metal Coating and Dak Faden and play them as a control card where, you know, maybe you have a man land that I want. Right, that's pretty cute. I like that. Yeah, it's just kind of odd because that, like, the blue white land still deck, the last version that I was playing anyway, used Volcanic Island, and the only reason it had red was because it had red elemental blast in the sideboard. And I. Actually, just curious to see what it's like with Dak Faden anyway. So I haven't played with Dak Faden, and now I have the chance to play with him. Um, but I went down there, and I picked up a few cards to uh, brew with for Legacy anyway. And I'm kind of trying to debate, you know, it's weird. Like, now I have, I got a few cards that I want to brew with for Legacy, but I also want to go back to this. Jeez, uh, man, I want to give this a shot now, because, you know, I was reading through MTG The Source, and there was a recent article on SCG also, um that both touched that Tinfin stack that went 58th at the Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that to you. Drew Levin wrote about that today. Yeah, well, yeah, because, um, you know, somebody, somebody shot me the link. 
it, it, it's funny now when it, somebody hears something about tin fins and they like direct it to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna become like the resident tin fins master. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there that are much better with the deck than me. It's it's just it is so much fun. But um, I'm looking at that Doomsday package. And yeah, I love that Doomsday package. And and I was just thinking about how 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 sweet that is because you know, new, normally game two, I have to just plan on fighting a Graft Digger's Cage. You know, if it's a, if it's a heavy discard deck, I might have like eight rack or something. I might actually have to fight against Leyline of the Void and make sure that they can't recast it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's usually the Graft Digger's Cage I have to fight, and I haven't had to fight the Containment Priest yet. But the thing I like about the Doomsday Package is you actually cast Emrakul off a of Sheldock Isle. Right, and I was looking at, and I almost think Sheldock Isle can be main deck with uh, Tin Fins. I would because you you draw enough cards with Tin Fins that that's totally realistic. Yeah, but I I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I I would hate that to be like I have the turn one kill if I just had a fetch. Yeah, that is always the problem you run into when you when you have those. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's times I debate a Tundra. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Is like, do you run Tundra or do you run Scrublands? Because you need the white for children to coreless, but sometimes you need a ponder and sometimes you need an entomb. Yeah, and a lot of times I'll play both. But when I have the kill in hand, if I just had a black source and I'm looking at the Tundra, I ask myself, why is this in this deck? Yeah, that's that's always killer. But you know, sometimes you get the turn one kill and sometimes you need to play it safe and it's worth it. Yeah, and and you know, we were I was talking with somebody last night too, and they were. And when I was mentioning it, I'm like, you know, it's kind of cute. You Doomsday, you set it up with Emrakul Sheldark Island. They're like, yeah, but then you're just weak to Wasteland. I'm like, from what I notice, the people playing Wasteland are way too excited to jump on my Underground Sea. That too, and also with the Doomsday package, you can also set it up with uh, Tendrils of Agony. Now, how would you do that? Because he was mentioning it's that. It's so like, complicated. Um, yeah, if you go actually uh, later on in the comments, all the dedicated Doomsday players posted how you get the Tendrils kill. Um, Is it just like Chaining Cabal Therapy Emrakul? Uh, no, it's actually with, with the, the five cards themselves. Uh, let me just see here. Let's see who gets the shout out. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, so, Brandon Adams. Thank you, Brandon, uh, for going over how to get the, uh, tendrils kill. Uh, so the most common tendrils pile for Doomsday is going to be Ideas Unbound, Lion's Eye Diamond, Gataxian Probe, Lion's Eye Diamond, Tendrils, uh, and then any cantrip, including Sensei's Divining Top. Uh, so it's blue blue plus the cost of the cantrip, so colorless with Sensei's Divining Top. And you probe, uh, for Storm, uh, Top, and uh, Ideas Unbound and end up going off with the Tendrils of Agony. Hold on a second. How the hell? How, how, how do the... So the cards don't get back into the library then? No, they do. So you have... You have to hold uh, Emrakul? You have Sensei's Divining Top and... No, this is without the Emrakul kill. So if you're going... You can either go for the Emrakul kill... No, 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 no. no, no I, the, yeah, I don't mean the Emrakul kill. I mean, I mean Emrakul's ability to shuffle the graveyard back into the deck. Uh, well, doesn't Doomsday exile your deck, so there's no shuffling it back in? Well, you keep your hand. I mean, once Doomsday's resolved, you have your hand and five cards in your library, right? Right, yep, so you can do that, but it's also, you only need to get up to ten Storm, so just setting up up the Doomsday combo itself is usually two to three, uh, plus the uh, five cards in your deck, uh, plus the tendrils itself. 
And then you can also uh, cast and recast Sensei's Divining Top. So you play top, draw off of it, draw the Gataxian Probe, cast Gataxian Probe, draw top, cast top, draw off of the top. Let me log into SCG here, just so I can see this article, because maybe I'm just not... uh... (laughs) Clearly, I think we are proving Drew Levin's point. He mentions in the article that he thinks Doomsday is the best combo card in the history of Magic, but it's also the most difficult, and that's the only reason why Doomsday isn't banned, is because humans aren't smart enough to play it. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Fuck him. Play Dark Ritual. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Oh, well, um, okay, because you said it's in the comments. Because I know all he did really was link back to the link from uh, the source we were talking about a couple weeks ago anyway. Now, where did you say Brandon Adams? Yeah, it's like the third, fourth comment down. Yeah, for what it's worth, the most common tendrils pile for Doomsday is going to be Ideas Unbound, Lion's Eye Diamond, Cataxium Probe, Lion's Eye Diamond, Tendrils of Agony. It works with any cantrip, including... Oh, Sensei's Dividing Top for just blue-blue and the cost of the cantrip. Uh, you want the... Oh, Cataxian Probe. Just fucking... <laughs> the letters... Uh, uh, you want the Cataxian Probe since it gives you another storm. Well, two more storm if you have Sensei's Dividing Top. Since you can suboptimally play top to get an extra storm due to the spare LED mana. Another pile often forgotten with modern... Modern doesn't... No. Doomsday's not legal in modern. No, by modern he just means like... Contemporary. Yeah. Okay, another pile often forgotten with modern. What's DDFT? Uh, Doomsday something, I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, Which doesn't main deck Tendrils of Agony? Uh, Often forgotten with modern DDFT... Which doesn't mean deck TOA is the brainstorm and TOA stack, which is going to cost one blue and one one blue and needs one to two cards depending on the variation. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Okay. <laughs> <That> so. <Doomsday. laughs> yeah, so Doomsday is definitely one of those cards where you need a shit ton of practice before you can ever sleeve it up and bring it to a tournament. Right, and that's why I'm thinking I can, I can feel pretty confident trying to stick it in tin fence and seeing if I can figure it out there. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't really see a lot of play in the US. I've only played against it once in a side event at SCG. Mm-hmm. Uh it's pretty popular in Europe just because they love their combo decks over there. Yeah. Uh but yeah, as as Drew Levin mentioned, it's you know, it's five vampiric tutors stapled together for the cost of three black, which mm. is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, and like, like you said, is we, we've never broken Doomsday just because it's impossible to break, you know, without being a supercomputer. Mm. There's just so many different combinations, so many different ways to play it that it, it probably won't ever be broken because that's the other thing is how, when was the last time you saw a Doomsday be played? <laughs> uh, probably six months ago at an SCG event. Yeah, so it's not like people are trying to break it, like they're trying to break Delver or trying to break Treasure Cruise. Uh, it's definitely undervalued, underplayed, so I think if you can get good with Doomsday, it'll give you a huge leg up uh, whenever you play it, just because the majority of people you play it against are going to have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, most, you know, fairly skilled players, when playing like a storm deck, know to force a will the, uh, infernal tutor, 
uh, because that's the, the, you know, the keystone. Or the burning wish. Or the burning wish, exactly. But you're playing Doomsday, and there's gonna be a whole bunch of players who do not know what the key cards are, and do know, not know which card to use their force of will on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like it. Uh, what my favorite part about Tinfin's always was its alternative win conditions, and just adding the shell duck aisle just adds a whole nother one. It does. It actually it, it's a whole nother win condition that gets around all of the sideboard hate, but uses the cards that are in my deck anyway. Exactly. So I I, I do like it as a one of. Yeah. So I do want to I want to see if I could pick up uh, some doom da- doomsdays and a shell duck aisle, but there yeah. um there's there's other things I just picked up to play with for the meantime anyway. Yeah, while I'm chasing the others down. Right. Speaking of combo decks, actually, it looks like combo's making a resurgence. Uh, did you see the top eight for uh, the most recent SCG? Uh, no, but we were actually talking about it too down at Ice Imports and how, on apparently, the, you know, the, the guy that was working there was watching the coverage and he was seeing a an abundant amount of Maverick decks. Which and it, yeah, and, and he plays ad nauseum tendrils. <laughs> so he was he was he was content to see all of the Maverick decks because that means Storm can start coming back. Right, which is why I think Storm did really well at this event as Maverick is getting back in popularity. But yeah, just quickly to touch on the top eight, um, I really like it because it does look like Legacy's in a really healthy spot right now as far as the meta is concerned. So, you know, there's eight unique decks in the top eight. Well, the top eight of what? Uh, the uh, most recent SCG, SCG Atlanta. Okay. So first was Blue Red Delver, then Rug Delver, then Reanimator, Sneak and Show, Storm, and Elves. So five combo decks in a row right there. Uh, then Lands, uh, and Just Guy Stoneblade. I don't even, I don't know how to classify, uh, Lands. If it's a combo deck, if it's a control deck. I, but it's, it's, it's kind it's, of its own thing. It's, it's using Tabernacle to stop Burn. It's using... Well, not burn, uh, just creature decks in general. Uh, not Yeah, well, it's funny. I'm now calling uh, Blue Red Delver burn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's using Tapanacle to stop Delver, um, which is interesting because people are playing less Wastelands from... Uh, right, that's the other thing. That's why Lance is doing much better, uh, is because there are a lot less Wastelands floating around. I like to think any... I mean, it's it's... Alright, this is gonna be some ass backwards shit here, but, like, I think of most things that tutor as being a control deck. And, and, that, I mean it's ass backwards because there's infernal tutor and add on some tendrils and that's not a control deck, but, but things that use like, um, I mean I played against Lance recently, he was using Gamble, but, you know, they'll use crop rotation. Right. See, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely approached the other way. When I see a tutor, I immediately think combo, but if you're approaching it from kind of like the green-white aspect where you're using like enlightened tutors and, uh, crop rotations, that's very much more of a control aspect part of tutoring. Would you, alright, so let's, let's, let me ask you a question here. Would you consider Enchantress a combo or a control deck or a neither? Uh, I definitely consider Enchantress a prison deck. Sure, okay. Uh, right. So would you say pri- would you say prison is a control then? Prison's like the most extreme control you can possibly get. All right. It was, and, and is that where you also class mod catcher? Uh, yeah, that's kind of like prison aggro. Because <laughs> we were just talking about that outside the the kid next door on the way back. I was telling him about uh, it's 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 kind of weird, but we were talking about Belcher and mm-hmm. um. And he's like, oh, well, that kind of sounds like fun. I'm like, it's, or, you know, he thought about trying to put it together, and I'm like, it's great in a room where there's no force of wills. <laughs> like, or, or it's great in a room where, because we went down to Ice Imports, and we were doing Sealed, 
And one kid had, uh, I think he had blue red Delver together, but he, he was using like, uh, steam vents. And I'm like, oh, you probably beat my buddy at a GPT. You know, like, <laughs> probably. Uh, oh, I'm still bitter. <laughs> but he was, he was, he had, uh, blue red Delver together, but he had steam vents in it. He did have force of will. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was like a modern build, but it was kind of hard to tell because, you know, we did the first round, then we went outside with smoking a butt, and I, of course I started talking about Legacy, and he's, he's like, oh, you got a Legacy deck with you? I'm like, yeah, you want to play? Sure. So we go inside, and I'm telling him, like, it's 10 fins. He goes, I have no idea what that is. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, we could, <laughs> we could play, and you'll see. And, uh, you know, so I, so he got the chance to see 10 fins combo out, and, um, which it, it is, it's funny when you watch it, it is ridiculous. But as it turned out, I put the deck together, and I didn't have tendrils near it. I must have, like, I didn't have tendrils in the deck or the sideboard. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm comboing out of it, 165 life. I can now hardcast Emrakul. And he's trying to figure out what the win condition is. I'm like, oh, I'm going to tendrils in a minute. And then I'm, like, looking through the deck. I'm, like, seven cards left in the deck. Draw seven. I'm, like, is it in my hand? It wasn't in the deck. It wasn't in the sideboard. I'm, like, gotcha. wow, I can't believe I put this together and I forgot to put tendrils in the deck. But I still yeah. had the ability to kill him anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, and then, uh, but then what I noticed is, they must have been passing around this other deck. And and a couple of guys were talking about it. They're like, oh, well, this is a good deck. I want to build this. And, and it's Miracles. And they have Miracles proxied up. And like, this is a good deck. I want to play this deck. And and my impression is like, if you're going to start playing a format that you're not familiar with, you don't want to start with a control deck. No, absolutely not. You know, Especially I mean, Miracles. Unless it's like Shardless Bug. Like, because then it really doesn't matter. You're going to abrupt a case something. You're going to thought see something. And most of that's just... I mean... That, that was a fun, easy deck. Yeah, tempo control doesn't really fall into that. Like Delver decks are tempo control decks, and those are pretty much point and shoot decks. Like Miracles and you know blue white control, uh, just they those are not easy for beginners. They're not easy even for people who are used to the legacy meta because there's a lot of decisions. Well, there's a lot of different decks. You got to try to figure out what you're trying to control against. Exactly, and I actually have something for that a little later uh, that we're going to try and help our listeners out with to uh, figure that stuff out. I don't know if I can help anybody. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're gonna—it's for you too, Adrian. We're, right, we're gonna see if you, you can help speed. me out. Uh, we're gonna get you up to speed. So the, um, but so these guys had like you know, and I sat down against across from this kid playing. He's got the proxied up miracles deck. He wanted to play a little bit. I'm like, sure, I could do some practice. And uh, and I'm like, what do you want to play against? He's like, I don't care. I'm like, all right, break out ten fins. And, um, you know, I think he's on the play, he plays a top, and on my turn I just discard Grizzlebrand in the graveyard. And then he takes his turn, and, he, and I don't know what he did, played something maybe, and I, my turn I reanimate Grizzlebrand, but he counterspells it. I'm like, alright, good, I don't have to pay 8 life. Next turn he gets out counterbalance, and I'm like, okay, well he's got the top down, I just, I'll jam Shallow Grave. Like, now he's got to float a 2-drop. Like, do you have a 2-drop on top? Any tops? Nope. Doesn't have it. Cracks a fetch? Nope. Doesn't have it again. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's about the moment. That's how this game goes. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a weird... But, like, this is somebody who's just trying to pick up Miracles. And, and I'm thinking, like, yeah, I've, I've played against... Not, you know, I, of course, I don't have the experience that some of the guys we play with have. But the uh, I've, I've played against a variety of decks at this point where even... um. Yeah, I'm, I may see a cloud post and then an exp- expedition map and know what's coming out of the deck. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm in a position to actually try to handle playing against 12 post. Not with a Miracles deck. 
Right. Well, I mean, also, Miracles is a dog to 12 post in general, just because sure. 12, 12 post just goes bigger, and Counterbalance does legitimately nothing against uh, 12 post, because yeah. Miracles doesn't have 15 drops. <laughs> All right. Well, let me see if I can give another example that would like, matter. <laughs> so, I don't know. I didn't mean to shoot your example down, but yeah. No, I, I definitely see what you're saying about that as far as, you know, it's very difficult to... There, it's two different things in recognizing the deck you're playing against and knowing how to beat the deck you're playing against. Right, right. And that's oh, and, and in some cases, just how to control against the deck I'm playing against. You know, and like that's one of the things I've been... I've been you know, where, where I've been... I play combo decks so much that uh, it's one of the things that's been interesting about playing this uh, Patriot Stoneblade deck anyway is I'm, I'm trying to figure out... You know, one of the things about trying to play Stoneforge, um, because I, I never did it well before, is trying to figure out when do I land the Stoneforge? When do I need to right. hold something back? When do I need to drop it? When do I need to keep my, my fetch so that I can Red Elemental Blast the Treasure Cruise if I need to? Or can I actually get away with dropping the Stoneforge and thinking I can daze it? Yeah, I've definitely noticed there's two different types of Stoneforge players. There are the players who just jam it on turn two every single time and just keep jamming it until one sticks. Mm-hmm. And then there are the players that almost play like a creatureless control deck that don't play Stoneforge Mystic until they're 100% positive that it's going to resolve. Yeah, sometimes, and, and even in some games I've noticed, I don't really care whether or not, um, you know, sometimes, geez, it, I, I think that actually happened a couple of weeks ago. I jammed a Stoneforge, it's counted. I ended up with another one, it's counted. I ended up with another one, all right, that one sticks. Well, you know, and at that point, it, it, that's not even so much, the Stoneforge doesn't even matter to me if it's a creature. Like, maybe I'm trying to get the Batterskull out of two. Maybe I don't. Maybe that's not even my purpose. My purpose is just to get it into my hand because there's a true name nemesis about to hit the board. Right. I mean, that's that's definitely the thing is you're running four Stoneforge Mystics, but only two pieces of equipment to tutor with it. So I've also seen people play Stoneforge Mystic, tutor up uh, the Jit or the Batterskull, realize that based on the board state, it's actually not a good time to play it. Either they have Ancient Grudge or some other, you know, situation in the game is preventing them from utilizing Batterskull. <laughs> Jack so, Faden. Yeah, so they'll... <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. So they'll shuffle, <laughs> shuffle the batter skull away with brainstorm, and then just wait to play it later. And they effectively turn that brainstorm from put two card, two cards back to put one card back. You just, you know, doubled the value of brainstorm right there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you turned it into a cantrip into a draw one. So you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, interactions that you can play with Stoneforge that just aren't on the surface. Right. And sometimes, yeah, so sometimes I've been trying to hit it out just as a tutor, because I, I, I mean, playing this deck, I'm not intending to attack anybody with a Stoneforge Mystic. And if they get, <laughs> if they get rid of it before I drop it, I don't it, it is a sad, sad game, uh, game state when you're going aggro Stoneforge. <laughs> you know, I've actually... It happens, so it definitely uh, happens. Oh uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if I told you this story, I was playing Modern, and um it was my combo deck against another guy's combo deck. And, and I was playing Gorio's Vengeance in Modern um, because I just, I have this uh, infatuation with Grizzlebrand. But it, neither one of us did anything. My combo deck, his combo deck, neither one of us was doing anything. So I just cast Simeon Spirit Guide. And I didn't really know what this guy was playing. And so I attack him with Simeon Spirit Guide. And... I'm going to see if I even remember the name of these cards right, but I think he mutagenic growthed it and then, like, invigorated it. Like, he was playing Infect. Yep. And he just, like, went to kill himself because we were doing nothing. And when you start attacking with a Simeon Spirit Guide, 
something wrong happened. <laughs> like there was something wrong. Um, so he ended up pumping up my spirit guide to kill himself. Oh, that was weird, huh? Yeah, sorry, my internet just crapped out. Oh, okay, is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, I thought um, it was Skype itself. Oh, uh, no, yeah, my internet just crapped out. Uh, are we still recording? Uh, let's see, as far as I could tell. Yeah, it doesn't look like it dropped it at all. Cool. And now your microphone's even clear, too. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, so... I went to attack him with the Simeon Spirit Guide, and he just—he was playing. It turned out he was playing Infect, so he just pumped the hell out of it to kill himself. <laughs> to just end he, the game. Yeah, he's—he when 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 the Simeon Spirit Guide starts attacking, something wrong happened. Yeah, exactly. But that's um the the the, the interesting thing about the Mana Ramp creature is that worst case scenario, he beats for two. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> I've won a game by attacking with a Children of Cordless before. It's a sad game, but it happens. Mm, that's that's the other thing I'm actually looking at now. L- looking at the uh, what SCG Atlanta, the Elf deck, because I I ended up putting Elves together, and um, I did manage to pick up recently. Where the hell was I? I was I was just picking up cards someplace. Oh oh, Friday, yeah, Friday when I went to do the draft, I ended up I because I've been playing Patriot Stoneblade. Uh, I did the draft Friday, and oh, this is actually kind of cute. So I grab my son, and um, you know we're at the house. And I'm like, "What do you want to do, buddy?" I'm like, "You want to go do a draft?" Okay. And he hasn't really played much cons, and mm-hmm. um, you know he we he used to draft and do sealed me a lot and stuff, and and he started uh, he kind of gave up on it a little bit, and and now he kind of has interest to play again. So. Alright buddy, you wanna go do a draft? Yeah. So we go down to Wonderland Comics in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I forget what the hell we drafted, but again I didn't open any fetches. So I'm like <laughs> draft. But I did end up I don't know if I had oh, that was I got a Raider Spoils and went into a black white warrior deck. I don't even think I had uh Butcher of the Horde. I just had like a bunch of warriors and I was beating people and, and um it was it was it was it was good. It was a good time. But the uh I don't get to I think I won, lost, and then won or something like that. So it gets into the last round. And the guy's in first place is undefeated, and the guy in, like, I don't know, fifth or fourth or third or whoever he's going to play anyway uh, has a loss. And they start trying to figure out, well, if I scoop to you and we split the packs or whatever, they start trying to figure this out, which is the whole – and I, it's like what, – what the hell is it? Uh, regular REL? Yeah. But you're, you're still not to – no, you're still no not bribery. Supposed to do, I mean, at, yeah. at any level of REL, you're not supposed to use bribery. Yeah, and that's, that shit still happens, which is one of the reasons, like, there's some, there's some questionable stuff that happens anyway, which is one of the yeah. reasons I don't draft there. But I just go to draft and see if I crack fetches. Right. Yeah. And um, so anyway, so me and my son go down there. Now, it goes, we're in the last round. These guys are trying to do the math. I know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm three and one. And my son is two one and one. Mm-hmm. So I know if if he beats me, we're both out of prize anyway. If I beat him, 
I'm going to screw up these guys' math while they're trying to figure out if they should be scooping to each other. <laughs> but now we had just finished this conversation about scooping to people. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is my son. So I'm not about to look at him and go like, buddy, you should scoop to me. <laughs> scoop your mother in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so I'm looking at him. I'm like, well... I gotta just hope I crush my son because he's, you know, he's sitting down. He's like, I hope he's looking, I dream crush my son. That well, is a pretty shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the same time, like he's sitting down excited. He's gonna crush dad, you know. Yep. And uh, and I'm thinking like I'm pretty confident that that guy drafted could do something. I don't exactly know what he drafted. Mm-hmm. What I know he had um, he was doing like a lot of. I think he, I don't know if he was full on Patriot, it's just blue white, but he had a lot of like flyers of it. I was, I knew he was gonna have some things that were gonna be a little bit challenged me to deal with anyway. But I hadn't really seen his deck. And he had been watching mine. And, and so he's excited to take dad out. Yeah. So I'm not about to look at him and go like, buddy, you should scoop to me cause I'm gonna get pressed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, alright, we're just gonna play this legit. So I did end up crushing him. <laughs> Good. Yeah, well, oh, your place. <laughs> no, it's it's it, it it's cool because like he's good. You know, he's he's the kids. I mean, it's not. I'm not just saying this because I'm his dad, but the kid's fucking smart too. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so I get some prize support. And of course, I'm going through their binders, and actually, this is kind of cute. You know, some of the guys down there play modern, and one of them I was playing in the rounds. He's really he's a good player. Um, his name's his name's Derek Blue, but anyway, uh, so I'm playing with Derek in one of the rounds. Um, I think I ended up beating him that round too. I did, I did. I beat him the first game. He beat me the second. I beat him the third, and then we shuffled up and drew seven. And and I looked down at my score sheet. I'm like, this is game four. You know, like well, screw. It. We just played. We played anyway. But um, while we were playing, I mentioned to him I had been in their binders, and I noticed that they still had fork bolts at a dollar. And uh, and he's like, why? I'm like, because it's like. I went down to New Jersey, there were five there. And like now there's six out of stock on SCG. So by the end of the night I had prize support. So I go back over and I'm like, well let me see the Rise of Eldrazi binder. Cause they weren't gonna change the price. I'm like, alright, I'll just take the fork bolts. Oh, somebody already bought them. <laughs> like, yeah, it was Derek, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah. But the, um what I did end up leaving there with also was a Will of the Council. Because I've been playing the Jeskai Stoneblade deck. Yeah. So I figure I'll get a Will of the Council for that. And I picked up Rurik Thar for my elf deck. You mean Council's Judgment? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Council's Judgment. So I ended up picking up Council's Judgment and the Rurikthar for the Elf deck. Right. Because I know people have been playing Rurikthar out of Elves. And oh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> if that sticks, man, that beats. It has you know, reach. I, Why does it have reach? <laughs> it has reach, and even a burn player doesn't want to burn anybody anymore. No. Oh, like, no. That's, 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 that is such a... Um, I remember one game I had to beat it by Toxic Deluging for six. So I took 12 total. Six from the Rurikthar, six from the Toxic Deluge. Oh, jeez. Okay. All right. I was actually just thinking about how... I had to think, what is he, a 6-5? He's a 6-6. Six, six. He's a 6-6. 6-6 six, six. So six, with reach whenever an opponent plays a instant or sorcery spell. Or is it non-creature? Whenever they play a non-creature. It's a non-creature, just, just because yeah. non-creature. <laughs> no, no oblivion ring for you either. Well, uh, I was just, I was just thinking, like, if you, it, it would, you would have to pay six life to swords it, and I'd gain six, which is a 12 point swing out of my elf deck. Yeah, it's huge. Like, Rukthar is very, very good. Yeah, so I was thinking about, and I still want to pick up a progenitus. Um, just things I want to do with natural loaders while I have them anyway. I have an extra progenitus if you want to trade for one. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
and I did, so actually when I went down to Ice Imports, I did, I walked in, I'm like, yeah, do you have Birchlow Rangers? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have Birchlow Rangers for you, too. Oh, no, they dug, they dug them out, and I grabbed them right oh, away. Okay, I'm like, cool. all right, there's the Birchlow Rangers. Now I just need, uh, what do you got, Dak Faden? I'll take that. You got, it was, uh. Actually, speaking of cons, too, is, um, did you see Siege Rhino is seeing playing Legacy now? No, I knew it was seeing playing modern. Yeah, it's seeing playing legacy. So you mentioned, you know, at is the it, last SCG, it, all the Maverick decks. Yeah, Maverick yeah. is playing Siege Rhino now. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, reminds me of Thragtusk a lot, but because... I was gonna say, it can't be as good as Thragtusk though, right? Uh, well, it's a mana cheaper than Thragtusk. You know, it's a little bit harder color-wise, but, you know, colors don't really matter that much in Legacy just because the mana's so good. Okay. Uh, it's bigger than Thragtusk. It can't be bolted like Thragtusk can. Oh, alright. Yeah, it, it doesn't leave behind the token that Thragtusk does, so it's not as good against, uh, Aggro-based deck. Oh, uh, no, uh, Miracles with Terminus. Okay, all right. I yeah, like, Thragtus is really good against Terminus, against uh, Miracles, because they Terminus, and then you still have a 3-3 three, three to beat up on their Jace. Mm-hmm. But the Siege Rhino, also, the big thing is it it uh, gains you three life, so not as much as Thragtus, but it also just bolts your opponent. And sometimes that's that's what you really need, is just to get that extra three points of damage in. Okay, with Thragtus doesn't. Right. So it is a toss-up between, you know, each has their merits, but Siege Rhino is seeing play for a reason, I feel. Hmm. Whereas, whereas Thrag Tusk really isn't. And is that, is that just in the Maverick deck? So you're, are you seeing that with, like, the uh, the Veteran Explorer Karn deck you were playing to Bug Walkers? Not in Bug Walkers. Uh, it is seeing play in Maverick, and then it's also seeing play in basically this hate hate deck. Uh, it kind of sprung up uh, in response to the Blue-Red Delver deck. Uh, actually, uh, Josh was playing it at the Dual Lands tournament uh, a month or so ago. Uh, it basically it runs four main deck chokes. See, oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, four main deck Chalice of the Void. Main oh, deck. is that fucking good? Yeah. <laughs> main deck Chalice, main deck Trinisphere, uh, main deck Chokes, uh, Siege Rhino is the win condition, and then it runs a bunch of, like, random, like, land destruction cards, too, because it's running Trinisphere, so then it's also running, like, Sowing Salt and all these other, like, random, uh, uh, land destruction decks that you've never even heard of. Yeah, I'll leave that shit to Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so go down, that, to, a, that go down ex- to a fucking tournament that's going to be expensive with highest price payout and just pick up any pile of 60. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, like, walk through, like, <laughs> man. But, yeah, that deck's, that deck's pretty interesting. Uh, um, but, yeah, so Maverick's been picking it up, too, and then now with, uh, that, that choke choke variant deck. So it's seeing play, so don't be surprised when someone resolves a uh, Siege Rhino against you in Legacy. Oh, I'll be surprised, because then, like, Tinfins should have beat the Siege <laughs> Rhino a long time ago. No, it's 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 actually... That's that's pretty interesting. I wonder if it's... um Probably not worth... That's a black, white, green, and a colorless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's not worth... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not really much of like a speculator, you know, when it comes to cards. I mean, some, there's some things where like. Oh, yeah, no, it won't ever be worth money because of Legacy, just because it's such an, uh, a niche card. Right, it's a niche card in a niche deck that doesn't play blue. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, my, my thoughts are still like, I figured I should pick up a couple of Dak Fadens because we were talking about it and, you know, when they stop doing Conspiracy, there's a yep. limited number of Dak Fadens. Dak Fadens a good spec target, uh, Fralees was a, uh, or not Fralees, that 
uh, uh, which one is it? The commander, the green commander, not the commander itself, but the card that was in the set. Is it Anathessa? Titania, I think it was. Oh, okay, yeah. There she is. Yep, it's Titania, Protector of Aragoth. Okay. Uh, so she was a good spec, because she was at, like, $2, and then she showed up as a one-of in a Legacy Daily event, and she immediately went to $10, and she's gone back down a little bit, but I definitely want to pick some up if she hits $5, because I see her easily being a $10 card down the line again, just because she has such a unique ability that wins games. So she's three colorless green green for a five three. So she's already got the body of the Thrag Tusk, which is already pretty good. When she comes into play, return a uh, land card from your graveyard to play, which is immediately comes into play effects that are always good. And then she has the <laughs> the one really makes her great. Whenever a land you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a five three green elemental creature token into the battlefield. Okay. So you pay her play her on five. Bring back a wasteland from your graveyard, waste one of your own lands, you now have 15 power on the board for 5 mana. Hmm. So she, she was seeing playing, uh, the lands deck, and then I can also see her as a win condition in the Bug Walkers deck. Uh, she's definitely a niche card, but I definitely see her having huge upside just because of the fact that she can bring lands back from your graveyard. Alright, um, let me take a second here, Jerry, I wanna see. I want to go to my audio settings and swap my headphones. Sure. Okay. Whoa, so this is uh, Adrian, and I just learned a lesson there. Um, if I'm going to record a Skype call, it's not a good idea to swap my headphones. No matter how much I want to go smoke a cigarette, I should probably just quit or start on my wireless to begin with. Anyway, uh, so... Unfortunately, um, there was a lot of audio there that was lost, but in the meantime, we're at just about the hour mark anyway. So what I'm going to do is, since the scoop into top eight was missed and everything, I'm going to put in the, um, I'm going to put in some of the beginning of the call before we actually did the show intro anyway. And close it out with a song for you guys that I heard the other day and and liked. So, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll have to catch you next week uh, even better. Thanks, guys. Top 8 pairings have been posted. How you doing? I'm pretty good, man. You? How's it going? Uh, it's going. It is going. Um, do, you, do you ever listen to these episodes at all? Uh, <laughs> listen to the first three. What are, uh, he, he pauses with, um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right now I have a backlog, <laughs> so like, I just listened to last week's A-Team on my ride home from work today. <laughs> okay. I, I got that splitter, um, 
Give me a ah, perfect. Yes, that'll that'll that will double my listening capacity. <laughs> It'll double your listening capacity, and you'll enjoy your commute more. <laughs> exactly. Instead of being able to listen to a podcast every other drive. Mm, um. So All yeah, right. I so, grabbed those Snapcasters for you too. Oh, cool. Uh, so send me a text like Saturday night or Sunday morning to remind me to put that splitter in my bag for you. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Mm. Um. Yeah. I was I was a little I was kind of wondering like I was wondering if you listen to these at all because <laughs> like I know I listened I listened to the first three and then I need to work my way through the more recent ones. Yeah, well I um I I'll notice stuff when I go to edit it. Like I mean, okay, so I'm still like uh I don't even know how to put it. I'm still in awe. To hanging out with Frankie last week. Yeah, Frankie was a good guy. <laughs> he's he's a he's a fucking riot. Um, but the uh, and then after when I started editing, and I'm like, oh yeah, me and Jerry never even put an intro in there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I that, I, that's why I said we. Should, yeah, we <laughs> exactly. It, it was funny because I just ended up taking like, you know, after the intro, I'm like, welcome to episode nine, and then I just used the intro from the week before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, hello, and like. I'm like nobody's gonna realize that anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I just embedded it in there. Nice, very cool. Yeah, that's what I was saying when I typed too. It's like, are we recording right now? Because we never did an intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I was, I just. Yeah, I do want to go back and listen to see how like all the sound effects turned out for the last episode. Not the best. I mean, it was the the door kicking in was kind of cute, actually. And you know, I mean, if, okay, so. I still don't really know what the hell that was. Um, whatever the hell that thing was that I like posted up. I know you. I know you saw it. Oh yeah, the real Marsha Wright added you to podcasters to watch 2015. Like that was weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, yep. yeah, is yeah, that yeah. what happened when Frankie goes on? Like, just <laughs> get that shit. Exactly. And uh, I don't like. I want to yeah, try to I- figure out. I know there's a way to do it. I should actually. Try to see. I know there's a way to to see how many downloads. Yeah, I'd be interested in that too. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. You, I mean, for the most part, I'm not concerned with that. But yeah. like, um, it would be kind of cute to know. I mean, there's like, I I don't know what your profile looks like or anything, but I keep noticing people like. Followers and stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Are you noticing that at all? Uh, yeah, I've I've seen some random followers pop up here and there. I don't know how much of it is from the podcast and how much of it is just from like, because I've gotten a few like like obviously like robot accounts that literally their strategy is they just follow everyone they can find in the hopes that you follow them back, and then they just spam advertisements at you. Oh, okay. Huh. But I don't know how much of that is like robots and how much of it is actual real people from the podcast. But, I would like to think it's more of the latter. Yeah, I just, well, I just saw, you know, when I, I got home, um, opened up a couple of windows. One of them was Twitter. And then there was, uh, something I, like, alright, so there's three today. I think it's today. Um, some Tyler, uh, Libertarian Gamer. And then Bob. oh, I got that too. So that's probably from the podcast. <laughs> and then Bob. And yeah. Yep. Bob. Not yep. so silent, Bob. Yep. And then uh, he must have. So he probably sent something to hit you too, because he didn't 
he didn't hit us both in the same tweet, but what did he put? Uh, Mathematrix, I've been listening to Leaving a Legacy podcast. You guys cracked me up. Nice. So, so I'm like, oh, that's, <laughs> thanks for the feedback, man. That's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of wacky, but, so yeah, I mean, this was, I think, I think Frankie's right doing this stuff is kind of fun too. Yeah, exactly, dude. Um, alright, so this would be episode 10. Yeah, you wanna spin it off? Uh, I, I did it two weeks, sure. I did it two weeks ago and then repeated myself last week. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll do this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. Sweet. The tournament is over and the store is closing. Feel free to see us during normal business hours by emailing the show at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. You can also find the host on Twitter with Adrian at Mathematrixster and Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can also join the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group to stay connected.
pisser Cause he knew he'd just been tossed He started chugging vodka to soften up the loss Sully shouted, devil, come on back If you ever want to press your luck I told you once you're hot on You're a wicked, stupid fuck <laughs>